0: receiver jaquari roverson at 5,100. he is my top favorite with a bullet price floor upside combo on the board at any position <music> yeah that would work nice little uh bounce back for me there last week with him but this is Swipe sports it is your sports pod hookup i'm your host bobby adcock episode 59. Uh, We're going to do NFL later on, of course. Um, It's been a disaster for me the last few weeks, so that should be fun. But first, what we're all here for, of course, is college football DFS DraftKings contest day and night previews going game by game. Let's get into it. okay welcome in one and all it's a 12 game board we're in week six it's a little bit easier to go through these slates now that we have you know five uh four games underneath the belt here and it's just a little bit faster to kind of know what to expect from these teams the personnel groupings and uh yeah so let's just jump in week six here we go Arkansas at Old Miss Old Miss minus six over under 66 uh intriguing game for the qbs here kj jefferson um, both of these teams obviously coming off uh, being slaughtered by georgia and alabama respectively um, kj jefferson it's 6900 is he greater than matt corral at 10k was my question i asked when i looked at this game um, i don't know but i think it's a pretty decent spot for jefferson who's a dual threat guy to have Pretty solid game, and it's a good pay down option at quarterback on this board if you don't want to pay up for Corral at 10K. Um, what's in a little bit you know, more tougher matchup, I think, than they've had most weeks um, besides Bama. Arkansas has been a little bit stingier defensively in the SEC, so um, I don't know if I want to pay 10K, but um, do what you will there. As far as running backs go on the Arkansas side, I think Traylon Smith, really nice matchup here at 5,300 someone to consider as a paid option at that position and then uh, I think the price is fair on Traylon Burks at receiver those are kind of the only options I think in this offense to you can use right now but please check the status of him before the game I think he may be questionable to play this week so um if he's out I don't really trust KJ Jefferson right now with anybody else uh, in the passing game the um there's just no consistency or clear second guy in the offense it's really these three are the main producers so I'm just gonna skip over to um, Ole Miss. I think you can just hit the reset button here on this offense. Obviously, it was a, a weird game, a bad game. They had some fourth down calls early on that kind of just flipped that game on its head. that it didn't go their way. So I think everyone's pretty much fairly priced here. Uh, play as you will uh, and make sure to check the status of, I believe it was Jonathan Mingo who did not play in that last game. I would bump up the ceiling on Braylon Sanders a bit if he continues to sit out. Let's head to Virginia at Louisville. Louisville's minus two and a half over under 69 and a half. Please check the status of Titan Jelani Woods for Virginia. He's at 5,700. Um, I think that's fairly priced if he does play. If he is out, I would put a slight bump on uh, the main producers of Billy Kemp and Dontavian Wicks. Also former QB converted to wide receiver, Katan Thompson at 4,600. At least two catches in every game four or more in four or five games this year uh, he's a second leading rusher as well kind of a nice price floor guy I don't know how much like upside is there but I definitely I think he's he has a role especially if Woods is out someone to consider at his price of 4600. Um, I'm avoiding RBs altogether for Virginia uh, Wayne Tulialapapapa and Mike Hollins um they just don't run the ball a whole lot and there's no rhyme or reason as to who gets it when on the goal line um so I'm just avoiding these all together even though there could be maybe some value here could work uh, there's a big total in this game maybe they get two scores out of one of these guys I just I tend to spend elsewhere on the other side um so I think there's really intriguing value in this offense for Louisville because the prices aren't really that stiff and there's a really nice game projection here which should be really high scoring so I think there is value here it's just tough to know where it's going to come from if you look at running back Jalen Mitchell he appears to have played his way into a timeshare I don't know whether it's 50 50 or 60 40 uh, with their four-star freshman Travion Cooley who's at 3700 I think Mitchell's right below 5k so I think this is a spot for Mitchell where he definitely could have a nice game here um but just to be aware I think that Travion Cooley is someone who has kind of played his way into a part-time role and I think he's going to stay there so something just to consider if you're considering playing Mitchell Uh, wide receivers Tyler Harrell at 3800 another big play 75 yard TD catch last week so someone um, as a dart throw guy there but there just isn't a lot of volume most of the volume is going to wide receivers Justin Marshall and Jordan Watkins Watkins is at 4500 and of course tight end March on Ford is the leading catcher they all had four catches last week with Braden Smith now out for season the guy I do want to talk about who's kind of my this week's jaleel billingsley is that favorite price floor ceiling combo on the board um, in in this lower price range is wide receiver justin marshall he is a former four star that was already expected to potentially be a breakout candidate with the departures of tutu atwell and des fitzpatrick to the nfl and now that braden smith is out um, i feel like him and jordan watkins are going to get all the opportunity they could ask for and so I feel like he's already kind of in that three to five catch range every week with Braden Smith in. Um, I feel like that that floor there is really solid. And in a game like this, it's where I, I think there's a ceiling here that's legit. There's a reasonable upside where you can find the end zone here as well. And even more, maybe that four, five catch turns into a six, seven catches, 100 yards and a touchdown. Maybe that, I think that ceiling, I think that potential at least is there in a game like this. So. I love Justin Marshall as I play it. I think it's 34, 3500. That's what really you know, talks me into it is the price. So um, yeah, I'm probably gonna have a member, one of my favorite targets in that price range this week. Let's move on to Maryland at Ohio State. Ohio State minus 21 over under 69 and a half. Uh, the big story is on the Maryland side It's with star wide receiver, Dante Demas Jr. out for season. Um, tough injury on that Friday night game against Iowa. Ceilings go up a little bit on Rakeem Jarrett at 4,100 and Deshaun Jones at 3,500. Running back, oh, before I can talk about running back. Um, so I, I think the price for these receivers is what makes them tempting and what makes them valuable right now. Um, in this matchup, I think Ohio State defense has been shown to be vulnerable a little bit, but I just... Don't know how I feel after seeing what they put out there on Friday night. And now with Demas out too, I don't know where the ceiling is on this offense. And uh, Talia Tagavailoa just really looked rough. So even though I think Ohio State's defense isn't great and they they can get had by competent quarterback play, not so sure how I feel about Talia Tagavailoa after watching Friday night. It was just a really bad game. Seen him play much better. I think he'll bounce back, but not having Demas, does hurt the ceiling on this offense. And as far as running backs go, uh, Taeyon Fleet Davis, 5,900. I just kind of went, nah, I don't think. I I think I'm probably going to spend elsewhere. Maryland doesn't really run the ball a lot to begin with anyway. And that's kind of the biggest weakness for Ohio State defense. So they like to use a lot of short passes to um, kind of as a guise for a run game. So I'm I'm considering Jarrett and Deshaun Jones only for this offense. And I'm going to move on to Ohio State. wide receivers, this is like the good version of the West Virginia receivers, right? They have their big three, except they're all awesome. Probably all gonna be drafting the top 50 or 60 of the NFL when they do get drafted. I think uh, Wilson and Olave are eligible this year. But Jackson Smith, Majigba. he I don't think is eligible for another year. But he's at 5,300 still, and that is not correct. Um, all these guys should be 6,500 or more. We saw in the Oregon game, all these guys can have big games every week literally every week all of them could have 100 plus yards and a touchdown um so i, I feel like in this offense with the way they're going to score i think that 5300 is a misprice and i think you should take advantage before his price starts to creep up there and the value goes away so other than that yeah nothing much to say here they're all fairly placed play your buckeyes this week let's move on to the red river showdown course used to be called shootout but somehow that is not um it's insensitive to call it shootout because it i, I don't talks about shooting things or that's a reference for violence I, I don't know i don't know what the hell is going on anymore anyway oklahoma versus texas at the cotton Bowl in dallas oklahoma's minus three over under 63 and a half so the narrative kind of continues with oklahoma's oh um kind of lacking explosiveness um, I wasn't willing to pay those prices. That's why I kinda of said a few weeks ago, I said that I'm done paying top dollar for this offense because it's just the value isn't there, the returns aren't there. However, uh the it may have gone too far in the other direction now. We see Marvin Mims at forty four hundred. I know his production's gone way down. Spencer Rattler's kind of spread the ball a lot more. But at forty four hundred, I mean this is a guy who what was I, so he had I think, nine touchdowns last year. Um, in this game last year, he had a line of four for 52 yards and, and one touchdown. So, he hasn't had a touchdown yet in 2021. Uh, he had four for 71 in the last week's game. I, I feel like still, this is a guy who, the floor should be pretty high for him. And Now at 4, four I'm going, okay, it might have gone too low. And I think he, a guy like this should at least be at probably 6K every week. So, Mims is definitely a guy I'm considering playing in a lot of places just because, I still think in, in a really nice matchup here, should be plenty of scoring with an overrunner of 63 and a half. That That's gotten too low, and I'm, I'm willing to kind of bounce on that now. So, uh, running backs are a complete guess, and I'm gonna do a hard pass on those for Oklahoma. On the Texas side, I think pretty much fairly priced. We kind of have their kind of big three for me. It's Bijan, obviously a running back, the stud um Jordan Winnington, I think is emerging as kind of the top receiver for quarterback Casey Thompson uh, I still think Joshua Moore the wide receiver will have a big game at some point he's at 3600 I uh, don't know when it's going to come but this could be the week uh, what looks to be a high scoring game that's all my thoughts there and on the other, oh sorry on the next game my Spartans MSU at Rutgers MSU is a five-point favorite over under of 50, and again, Michigan State's straightforward. They got their big three: quarterback Peyton thorne Kenneth Walker the third at running back, and Jaden Reed at wide receiver. All fairly priced. Not sure I like paying for them in this matchup. I know, ha ha ha, Rutgers, but Rutgers is a stingier team defensively. I know they didn't show that against Ohio State. I think that's probably because you know Ohio State's mostly elite offensively. Uh, Michigan State. Is a competent offense, I don't know if I'd call them you know anywhere near elite, especially in the uh, pass game. So, um, Rutgers did a good job out of Michigan running backs a couple of weeks ago, and I feel like, um, you know, he they might have a chance of slowing Walker down a bit. So, I don't know if I like paying for his price. Over under is a little lower here, so um, Rutgers coming off a beatdown better than people think. I, I think that they'll uh, come out fighting, so just something to could consider if you want to play MSU players. And uh, Rutgers is kind of Bo Melton or nobody. Uh, The offense is just putrid. The quarterback play is terrible. And I I can't trust anybody in this offense. Even though Isaiah Pacheco gets pretty decent volume, uh, I don't know if this is the week. It's just, uh, probably looks like an ugly little scoring game. So that's it for this game. Let's move on to Boise State at BYU. BYU is favored by five and over, over under 55 Uh, we saw wide receiver Stefan Cobbs return last week for Boise with a career game 10 catches 132 yards and two scores he's at 6200 him and wide receiver Khalil Shakur are only playable options in this matchup in my mind Um, the running backs are a mess George Helani status is up in the air I thought Cyrus Abidi Lakia was the exclusive goal line runner then I watched Andrew Van Buren take that role from him uh, in their game against Utah State a couple of weeks ago. So I don't know, you know, if you, if you want to pay for these guys, I just don't know what to expect. So I just want those two receivers or nobody in this um, offense right now for Boise. The rest of it's just uh, too inconsistent. And the BYU side also, this is a straightforward offense as well. They're appropriate with price. You have QB, Jaron Hall, check his status, make sure I know he might be questionable. Uh, running back, Tyler, all jeer and wide receivers Gunnar Rami and Neil Pau all fairly priced um I think it's a good matchup if you want to pay up I think they're decent options to put pay here uh, in a game that they uh have a decent matchup Boise's not all that great defensively so um yeah play them as you will let's move on to South Carolina Tennessee Tennessee's minus ten and a have over under 56 and a half you know you're bad when you're getting 10 and a half points from the balls. Uh, probably all season long, I'm gonna repeat every time South Carolina's in a contest, it's running back Kevin Harris and wide receiver Josh Van or out on this offense. Um, I do like Kevin Harris's price, I think around 5K still. Um, he was a beast last year. And I think as he kind of gets healthier and playing in game shape, he could be in line for some explosive games. And I think as long as that price is down there, he's a good target before it. Kind of gets up into that 65 range where i think it'll start to go um as he has more playing time and better games so he's someone definitely to consider as a paydown option at running back uh, other than that we're just gonna move on to tennessee where is jalen high on a milk card i don't know what's going on i try tried to google find out information um supposed to be kind of their their best explosive receiver and i don't know that he's recorded a catch i know he left a game a few weeks ago maybe against pitt with an in-game injury but Um, didn't record a catch. I went through the play-by-play. I didn't see his name mentioned in the box score for even a target. So I don't know what's going on there, Um, but he's at 3,700. And I guess I'm I'm not saying, you know, play him, but just something to consider. I mean, he's he's a really talented kid and supposed to be a really big part of their offense, but um, hasn't really settled into much of a role this season. Uh, Other than that, Tennessee's offense should be in a good spot to follow up their explosion against Missouri. 683 total yards in that game. Obviously not gonna expect that, but I think there's decent value here on receivers. It's just too inconsistent for me at this point to invest in. I, I, I need to see maybe another game or two with, with Hendon Hooker, exclusively a quarterback, to see, okay, who does he have chemistry with? Who are his go-to guys for third downs? All that stuff. I wanna see maybe another game or two before I can kind of like some of these guys in, in, in their prices of like 55, 6K. Um, and then, so other than that, it's kind of, for me, still, it's probably Hendon Hooker and Tyon Evans are out on a Tennessee offense. Wanna see it for maybe a game or two more with Hendon Hooker at quarterback. Let's move on to Wake at Syracuse. Wake is minus six and a half over under a 57. Again, my guy you heard on the open, Jakari Roberson, really paid off nicely last week. He's up to 6,400 already. I still think that's probably gonna get up closer to 7K as the season moves along. So I wouldn't mind playing him again this week. Hasn't had, didn't have a touchdown last week, so you know it's gonna come in sooner or later. Running back is a committee at this point, I'm just gonna avoid it for Wake. And then uh, the only other guy is wide receiver, Taylor Morin, 4,900, I still think that's some solid value. He had six, 122 and a touchdown last week in their win over Louisville. So um, yeah, like like the upside with this offense, with Sam Harmon at quarterback, definitely continuing to go in with Jakari Roberson. And again, uh, Taylor Moran, nice value on the Wake side. For Syracuse, uh, it has been Garrett Schrader as the new QB1. Five rush TDs over the last two games. He's a dual threat guy. He's gonna do probably more damage with his legs. So he's kind of like we talk about with the service academy quarterbacks. It's almost like having a number one running back with passing stats upside so at 6700 this might be my quarterback this week i just feel like you know if you just get anywhere 15 20 points from this position that does such a great job for your budget and your salary cap elsewhere at the other positions in a position where you normally have to pay you know probably or 8k to get the real guys you get big returns on so I don't know, I, I like Schrader. I think um, even if he gets you you know, a couple rushing touchdowns, 150 passing yards, I think you're getting your job done. So um, I might be going with Schrader this week as my pay down option at quarterback. Also wide receiver Taj Harris, they're leading guys in the portal. First game without him, it was Courtney Jackson that looked to be Schrader's favorite target. He had a six catch 57 yard line last week. He's at 3,800, he could do worse. Uh, doesn't mean it's going to translate over week to week but it looks like he's the guy that um, schrader has an early connection with so before he goes up you might want to pounce on that thirty-eight hundred dollar price tag let's get out of that game this next one will be quick it is penn state at iowa i was minus two and a half over under of 41 and a half it's the number three versus four team in america I'll tell you what, if these are the third and fourth best teams in America, I don't know what that says about college football this season right now. But um, yeah, this is quick. Only playable options in this game. It is maybe tight end Samuel Porta, maybe, but really it's Tyler Goodson, Jahan Dotson, and Parker Washington on both teams are the only playable options for me. Uh, just because it's going to be a very low scoring game or at least projects to be in those type of games um I only want the players that I know have the volume so I know that at least they're going to have touched the ball enough that they can still return value in games like this and those are going to be the main guys the Penn State running backs I want to say Noah Kane is the lead back but I still after last week it just looks like this is more of a three-headed monster um definitely somewhat of a committee whether it's Noah Kane getting 50 and then the other guys are 25 25 i don't know but it's still i don't think there's a clear lead option and it could be like a hot hand scenario too so um i'm avoiding it one more guy to keep your eye on this game is um highly recruited freshman receiver for iowa keegan johnson had a long touchdown in one of their games this season i'm just curious to see if they're going to start working him more into the offense and maybe taking some shots with him down the field uh, i think he's below 4k for sure I'm not sure maybe like 36 37k but still um, am someone to uh just keep an eye on not playing him but I want to see if they work him more into the offense so let's get on to Georgia at Auburn Georgia minus 14 I have over under 46 got like a 30 to 16-ish script here from Vegas I keep waiting for the dogs to have like a normal game script and it just won't happen um there's still no clarity for me with wide receivers I can't pay for anyone because I just, it's almost like they might not even have 15 pass attempts. So, you know, I think last week, I think since Bennett had 11 pass attempts total. That's what they're doing to teams. They're just murdering everyone they play. So they don't have to throw the ball. It's like 35 nothing in the second quarter. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of just out on this offense because it gets so, the game flow gets so whacked out. Um, you know, the, the second string running backs are in, in in the third quarter it's just like i don't know so um i don't want to pay for anyone in this offense frankly but i'm sure someone's gonna have some value i just it's too unpredictable and the way they're murdering everyone they play uh the game scripts just go so sideways so i don't like paying for that it's just too volatile too much uncertainty for me so i'm out and then as far as auburn goes yeah <laughs> completely out on auburn um if they get more than two scores i'll be uh, surprised so that moves on to wisconsin at illinois the reason why gambling fantasy was invented is for a game like this wisconsin minus 10 over under 42 and a half it's a free country um, so play anyone in wisconsin if you want to but uh i will not be doing it i did write down maybe jalen berger could have some sneaky value at running back at 3700 maybe i don't know how firm of a grip ches malusi has on that RB1 role anymore I think nothing is guaranteed with anyone's offense it's been so bad um also Graham Mertz at quarterback is might not play so I don't know Illinois not a good team maybe Berger takes over the lead back in this game and and has some sneaky value but that's complete speculation no clue just saying I don't think Malusi has a strong hold on that job anymore so do what you will on the other side Chase Brown 6900 lol you're right he had some huge game against like charlotte i believe and so now he's at 1600. Uh, don't play him at 1600. Uh, wisconsin's need's still very good so out on illinois just not going to waste any more time move on to the last game west virginia at baylor baylor minus two and a half over under 44 the feelings remain unchanged on west virginia um, we know the receivers is a total nightmare last week, last we got nowhere it was isaiah esdale six for 113 and one I think that was a career game for him um so yeah I again not doing anything it's it's Letty Brown or bust in this offense and I still love Letty Brown and think 65 is um a very cheap price to get him at uh I yeah I also have um he's gonna be part of my monkey knife fight picks look for that on fake picks and I'm two and two and because you get higher payouts um because Though you have to win two sides to a better three sides um even though if you go one and one or two and two you're, if you're going 500 you're still winning money so um check that out on a fake Picks in monkey knife fight picks I got a good one for this weekend it involves Letty Brown but anyway 6500 um I think yeah it's a great value for him and I'm probably gonna have him everywhere again on the other side no thanks with Baylor 282 yards of offense against Iowa State followed up by 280 total yards of offense against um, Oklahoma State. Quarterback plays a little bit shaky. Um, You know, just better games, better offenses to spend on. That's the board. You did it, I did it, we did it. Take a little break, hit the night board. All right, it is the night board for week six. Got a little eight gamer. Let's jump in. Bama at Texas A&M. Bama's lane 17 and a half over under 51. I am running back Jaleel Billingsley at 4,400. I still love the price, the floor, and the ceiling on this guy. That combo meal we look for every week. Um, he is a starting, whether you want to call it wide receiver or tight end, whatever, he's a starting receiver in an offense that's going to approach 40 plus points pretty much every week and um yeah I'll take anyone at that price in this offense so I still like him he came through I think with 36 hundred he had like that I think he had right around four for 47 no touchdown but still I think at 3600 you're getting four for 47 and still get you get coming away with something that that was the whole point the upside is what we're going to target until that price goes up because it will after a big game i'm going to try to hit him uh, as as long as that price stays low uh probably have b rob everywhere as well again just being in this offense i still think i think he's at 7600 i almost still think that's somewhat cheap for him uh the rest is just fairly priced i think mechie's a bit undervalued at 6400 at receiver but uh you know what to do play these guys as much as you can um they're gonna have their way with pretty much everyone they play outside of probably Georgia. On the AM side, it's just getting uh, worse and worse. It's probably Isaiah Spiller or Buss for me. Uh, in terms of Zach Calzada as QB1, uh, in the words of the great Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the ceiling is the roof, and that's what's happened to this offense. It just, it, it's, it's capped now there isn't this great you know they're not going to go for you know four 500 yards of offense and put up you know, 25 points even against like Mississippi State last week I think they got their 20 26 22 game um yeah Calzada just he's just lowering the ceiling on everyone and even when I see Anaya Smith at like 4300 I'm like wow really but then I go you know what it's just it's not there I I don't have any faith I need to see Calzada have some signs of life in this offense and I'm not seeing it so especially this week against Bama where the game's probably gonna go sideways anyway I just can't do it so let's move on to Utah at USC USC's minus three over under 52 and a half if Micah Bernard is a full go uh, I love him as a pay down option at running back for Utah he's at 5300 he has that He's established that feature role, catches, passes, does it all. So I like him there if he does play, check his status before the game, of course. And then the other guy is Titan Brant Cuthy, uh, 3,900. Only other guy I consider in this offense. He's good for probably four to five catches. Um, The quarterback plays a little bit shaky, so I'm not really looking at anyone else too closely in this offense for Utah. On the other side, QB1. Who is it, Slovis or Jackson Dart? Probably not gonna know, probably not gonna be announced until the game starts. So I don't know what you do there, probably avoid it. Um, London and the rest of the Trojans are fairly priced. I like Taj Washington at 4K as kind of a, you know, that middling or lower price guy. He's a solid value at 4K, I think. Probably good for like three to four catches, 50 shards with some decent upside. Let's move on to TCU at Texas Tech. TCU minus two over under of 60. Gotta check the status of wide receiver Quentin Johnston for TCU. If he is out, the ceilings on Tay Barber and J.D. Spielman gonna take a bit of a bump there. I think they're both 4500. Also consider wide receiver Blair Conroy 3800. And the rest of the offense, really, you know, Max Duggan and Zach Evans are the guys. They're fairly priced. And there's really not much more to talk through there, but just make sure to check that receiver's status so you know what to do elsewhere with the other guys. On the other side, same kind of story, status of Eric Ezukanma for Texas Tech. He's at 5,900. Make sure to check his status. He's kind of the 1-1-A with Kalen Geiger right now in the passing game. Um, he did not travel to their game last week, and it was Kalen Geiger that came away with the 7 line. I think his ceiling takes a bit of a bump here. He's at 6,600 if Ezucanma does sit. And I think there's a really nice matchup too. So he's a guy that could have a monster game if uh, Ezukanma does not play. So make sure to check that status. And then also Sir Roderick Thompson last week took over RB1 duties with Taj Brooks sitting. He went for 12 rushes, 48 yards, two touchdowns without Brooks overall it just might be the right week to target and invest in this tech offense they have a really nice game script and maybe this is a week where some of these middling guys like serrano thompson can pop off for a big game Uh, We saw tcu on the ground against um smu few weeks ago they were dreadful so someone like serrano thompson who's proven to be very productive in the past when he has the opportunity uh, could be a really nice value at running back that's all for that game let's go to lsu at kentucky kentucky minus three over under 50 and a half lsu it's boot or bust of course uh, way too much volatility amongst wider series and running backs is all over the place i don't know they don't barely don't even run the ball or try to anyway uh, just, everyone's just very touchdown dependent better options elsewhere so let's just not talk about it and again i want to say this it doesn't mean it can't work right there could be value um what's the guy at Torian Davis Price I think is one of the running backs I think that's Davis Price yeah um but anyway like it could work maybe he gets three rushing touchdowns I don't know I just know when I watch them play it's all over the place and nothing's changed since last year nothing's changed with the running back position and the secondary complimentary receivers um also just really inconsistent up and down I don't have a feel for it. So the only guy worth that I can trust is Boutte. Um, so yeah, do what you will with him. He's, he's a great player. He's going to have good weeks almost every week. On the Kentucky side, very straightforward as well. Only guys who are playable options, Wandale Robinson, the receiver, and Chris Rodriguez Jr., CRJ, or bust. Uh, also, no Josh Ali at wide receiver. So Wandale probably going to be getting a lot of looks um, coming his way from... Keaton's, well, no, Will Levis. Almost like Keaton Slovis. Will Levis, a quarterback for Kentucky. So that's it. Uh, straightforward, let's just go to the next game. Michigan at Nebraska. That's where I have a little, little nice uh, hot take here. Michigan minus three and a half, over under 50. I do like Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins, but think there are other RBs and better matchups that I'd be willing to pay for instead of them. Corum is kind of a homer hitter, and he can work out by making just one or two big plays against anyone but I feel like this is a week where again I think there's better matchups Nebraska's front been a lot better than people understand they did a good job on Kenneth Walker um bottled him up a couple weeks ago with Michigan State we know how good Walker's been so um looking elsewhere if you're looking for receivers it's hard to trust anything because. You're likely going to see two quarterbacks playing uh, for Michigan. J.J. McCarthy did get some run against Wisconsin, the backup to Cade McNamara. And from all the sounds of it, they like this guy, and they're going to try to continue working him in and probably eventually replace McNamara overall. So it is very hard to trust any sort of receiver um, in this offense right now because they just haven't been passing and so run heavy. Roman Wilson last week was their top pass it with six for 81. he's at 4k but I don't know um you know different quarterbacks develop different rapport with guys and it's just with that rotation or potential rotation I'm just looking elsewhere on the Nebraska side my guy running back from Johnson now pretty much fairly priced up to 5500 so I still think he can work out and and, and you know have have good production because he has the volume but I don't know if this is the week to pay for him what I do like is wide receiver Oliver Martin at 4800 looking for the revenge game so this is a former four-star kid that from Iowa ended up going to Michigan transferring to Iowa and now on Nebraska um he's pretty highly recruited in their opener he was the top receiver in Nebraska he had a six 103 one line against Illinois in that loss then missed the next four games with an injury he did play in last week's blowout win over Northwestern, recorded one catch. Now that was just a you know, get crazy whacked out game flow. So I'm not taking much away from it. Like, oh, he didn't have a good game. They didn't have to pass. They were up so big so early. So kind of ignoring that he is back. I think he immediately becomes a top target for Adrian Martinez in a normal game flow type situation. So um, I love him at 4,800. Definitely someone I'm gonna consider uh, paying down for a wide receiver where I think I can find some of the nicer value that has a chance to pop. So he's definitely one of my targets, something to consider. Let's get out of this game and go to the next one Wyoming at Air Force. Air Force minus six over under 46. Very simple with Wyoming. Running back, Xavian Valade, and wide receiver, Isaiah Nair, only playable options. And that name alone, Xavian Valade, just a great name. He almost automatically should be put in your laps just for having that name. Um, But that's it. Uh, Those are the only people you can kind of rely on in this offense, and especially in a game with a very low total. uh, They're the only guys who have the volume. Everyone else is so touchdown dependent. You can't depend on that too inconsistent. Same story for Air Force. It's quarterback, Hazeek Daniels, running back, Brad Roberts, and kind of flex wide receiver, running back type guy, Micah Davis. Only playable options. They're all fairly priced do what you will with them i'd probably play only brad or arms but that's just me um and let's go to the next game it is notre dame at virginia tech notre dame is minus one over under 47. notre dame qbs are a mess they're not naming a starter got to avoid it running back kyron williams tight end michael mayer or bust right these are the only two guys again some of these teams are just getting be very clear they're only certain guys that you can really depend on who have the volume especially in another game like this low scoring the rest of the guys are all touchdown dependent um you can't you know you can't get in the business of a predicting touchdowns it's it's silly so you got to go with the guys you know are going to be touching the ball no matter who's playing quarterback no matter what the situation is the guys that get the volume are the guys you can rely on in these low scoring games so it's Williams Michael Mayer or bust if you want to play those other guys like Brayden Lindsay or uh Avery Davis I think the receiver go ahead but I'm out on it on the Vatek side, not much to say here. Trey Turner at 5,500 at receiver, maybe. Um, low over-under, they're lacking. Um, I'm just looking elsewhere. Uh, in So it's, I don't really have anything to say. That Again, not a lot of volume and consistency at the running back or receiver position here outside of maybe Turner, which I think is fairly priced. So let's get on to our final game. Some sweet match maybe for the first time but well, one of the first times in um, any slate, Buffalo at Kent State, Kent State minus six, over under 65, the highest total of the night board. So I think this is a game where, because these teams and, you know, mat games aren't in here a lot, I think they're kind of miscalculating some of these prices, especially at a couple of receivers, let's talk about them wide receiver Keon Williams fantastic price floor ceiling combination clear wide receiver one in this offense last two games 15 253 one line um literally could compete for the top wide receiver on the board at 6k um might be an autoplay for me on the other side I think I found my QB Dustin crumb he's at 6800 I think awesome paid on option 20 or more DK points in three of five games a season the two games he didn't get there was against I won Texas AM and who have very good defensive teams and so when you get outside and play those power five schools yeah I'm not gonna expect much from Dustin crumb but right here in that sweet maxion matchup with Buffalo yeah I like him he has that rushing stats upside damage to do uh, ability to do damage with his legs so I love Crum at 6,800 as my quarterback. And then their receiver, Dante Cephas at 5,100, emerging as the top wideout, 16, 215 in one line the last two games. Um, that's a great value. I, so I, I love like him, uh, Keon Williams, and Oliver Martin could be my receivers at those three spots. Um, and then Billingsley as well. Those are one of my top guys at that wide receiver position that I love this week uh, for this board. Other considerations, Syracuse transfer, Nikeem Johnson, a complimentary to Cephas, um, also worth consideration at 4,600. That is it. It's the night board. You did, I did, We did it. The end. Good luck to all of you playing this weekend. NFL coming up next. Okay, it is week five in the NFL. Always I bring on a good friend of mine to go through our hot takes and great picks. It's the doctor. Doctor, how are you doing?
1: Doing well, Bob. You?
0: Well, um, it's been a tough couple weeks, I think, for this segment, for for myself. Um, Well, hey, before we start the self-loathing,
1: let's, you know, we're gonna play a little golf this weekend?
0: We are yes. Are we set an over unders. I think one of our friends set an over under for me. Okay. At at one twelve, that that kind of hurt my feelings. That kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. So <coughs> I got to clo- be oh. closer to a hundred. So um, let's work for the under. Let's do it. I, I I'm gonna beat one twelve. Sure. Um, we're playing at a familiar right. venue. I think. Yeah. I think I can. Uh, Manage a, a one twelve. I manage. I'm gonna manage the course. I know. I know the course very well.
1: So all right. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun day regardless. Yeah. What about yourself? Uh, I'd probably go 85 and a half be Okay. A good one. I haven't played in uh, like two weeks, so I'm gonna try and hit some range balls tomorrow. But we'll we'll see how that goes.
0: And by the way, going there will be no range shots for me. Now I'm not taking one swing before we
1: before play. even before the round. You're just showing not, up right not, first. Not, not a
0: not a swing. That 112 is going to be close. Nope, it'll be even better. All right. Um, so, as far as um, the NFL is concerned, last week, uh, as back-to-back weeks, I'm one and four. The Tennessee game kind of uh, bothers me, just because I, I would not have probably put them in there if I knew AJ Brown and Julio Jones were both sitting. But it is what it is. No excuses. It uh, makes me seven and thirteen on uh, the year for this pod. I'm now at uh, nine and eleven in my super contest picks because some, as as you know, you're aware and everyone else. I kind of mix in some prop bets. I, I've sus- suspended myself from making prop bets this week because I'm owned four. I'm, I'm ice cold, so those are not going to be included this week. Um, it's just I need to take a step back and recalibrate so i think you just uh, gotta wait
1: for the nba season and when they start load management that's your sweet spot you're the best load management evaluator i've, I've ever
0: seen yeah um yeah but then, then last last year was even better because they had like load management combined with covid protocols so there's <laughs> constant city um so yeah i you gotta keep your gotta keep your eye on things so uh, last week doctor uh nice little comeback three and two for you, um, we're, we're just gonna week. grind.
1: We're, we're gonna grind. Yeah, for, uh, first twenty week. We're just gonna keep grinding away. It's not gonna happen overnight. We got a lot of work to do, um, but we're gonna get it done. They you're
0: gonna, you're gonna chop the wood and keep
1: chopping. That's wood. right. <laughs> chop the wood, yes sir. <laughs> right.
0: So yeah, now you're at 5-15 on the season. You're uh, actually you're actually catching up with me, which is pretty. Got sure.
1: A lot of wood to chop. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of wood to chop. Um, all right. So uh, we know where we're at. Let's talk uh, overall trends. Um against the spread in the NFL last week. The favorites were eight and eight. Even split. Home road. Um once again, uh road teams seven and nine a losing record. Favorites and dogs and home road teams. And even it is they're both thirty well so in favorites of the underdogs and the road teams. It's an even thirty-seven twenty-seven on the season so far through four weeks. Home favorites last week five and six that makes them fifteen and twenty five on the season. Home dogs three and two last week they're thirteen and eleven on the season. Then substantial favorites, which we consider to be by seven or greater, they were two and four last week, eleven and six overall now on the season. And then we had our first outright loser in that category it was my Tennessee Titans uh, going down to the Jets. So they are the first one in the Island of Misfit Toys. This week, ten home favorites, five home dogs, and there's one picker. It's your uh, washed Roethlisberger at home against Denver is the pick. So, <laughs> that, was, that was surprising. Um, yeah, so I don't, even, I don't even know what to make of him at this point. Um, there are five substantial favorites, and this is going to be a little bit of a theme here. Um it's minnesota of course against the lions tb12 at home against the dolphins the pats the cowboys and the ravens to round it out doctor start us off on the board here where are you going
1: there's only one place to start this week bob it's with some fish and chips a little uh, royal family gossip and some action on the pitch in london uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even really know how much I like this game, but how can we pass it up? We got an electric matchup between, <laughs> between the Jets and the Falcons at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the Falcons are, are lane three. So, you've already talked about the Jets uh, last week. Unbelievable win. Uh, and then Atlanta on the flip side, you know, a demoralizing loss by most standards last week for them. But for the Falcons, it's kind of just par for the course. So, they're, they're kind of used to that piece of it. Um, so, on the, on the Jets side, Happy for Zach Wilson the wins. still think he has a future, but I'm not buying that they fully turn the corner and this is rainbows and unicorns uh, moving forward. I mean, he's still a rookie, still loves to throw himself some picks. Uh, he leads the league with eight. Uh, the rest of the league only has four, except for Trevor and your favorite Davis Mills. So it's just not that easy to turn the corner as a rookie. Like I think it's great, he had a good performance, they won, that's awesome, but it just doesn't start happening week to week to week. And I know the Atlanta defense is horrific, but he's traveling over to London. They, they <laughs> think they're better than they are. It's just, it's not its not going to go well for them. So, even without Ridley for the Falcons, I think that offense still had a good performance last week, especially from Corderell. And that guy's been unreal. He sat on my fantasy bench last week. Thank God I still won. Uh, so, just overall, I'm more confident in this Atlanta offense averaging 19.5 points per game than this Jets offense averaging 11.8, which is worse than the league. So, give me the Falcons minus the three that's pick number one get ready for an electric game on sunday morning i love that you actually picked this game
0: i have <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you aware that um calvin really is out i said i said that
1: my Uber, you obviously only you know, listen to every word i say probably seem so might have missed it but i think i said that you'll have to play it back and check it out I don't,
0: I don't know okay um well i mean it's time for kyle pitts to get one of his pro- i was gonna do a prop bet for him but i, I just decided not to um
1: <laughs> Maybe say, just sprinkle him in at the end is not counting. Just give some advice. Well,
0: well, they took him off the board because once we were together. Anyway, we doesn't ah, Yeah, matter, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Does, it makes sense. It doesn't matter. But um, yeah, like this is a funny you mentioned, you know, kind of like you picked that game. And I was kind of looking at this board and going like, I'm going to end up doing some things I don't normally like to do just because as I look at all these games, I just go, can I really talk myself into like, you know, Jets in Atlanta? Can, can, I do, can you really come away and say, yeah, I yeah. like Atlanta this week, or I like... like I it, thought,
1: yeah, <laughs> if you count that first one, or something I normally don't do, because we typically, we always talk like, just stay away from the London game, maybe take the under, right? That's that's maybe you only play out London. We right. typically stay away from it, so that's one for me too, and there are you know, a couple, two other maybe that um, that you would think I would I would rarely do. So that might be a thing for me here tonight, too.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna go with my first one and, and um, breaking some rules. Like I said, I'm doing some things I normally don't do just because of the way the board is set up. And uh, my first rule is never involve the lines and anything. Don't do it, you're <laughs> just gonna hurt yourself. But I'm breaking that rule. Um, like the Vikings are minus nine and a half. Lions are easily a bottom three or two team in this league already. Uh, Right now, they have already had Taylor Decker out. Penny Sewell expected not to play. Frank Ragnow, probably their best player, their center, put on IR. Um, This is already a horrific football team. They just lost to the Bears by 10. I don't know what number of points you could actually give me to say I would take the Lions. You could say 20. And I would say, no, because the Vikings are going to win 31-10. to 10. So I, I'm i going Vikings minus 9.5. It's just very straightforward, very simple. Um, this is a bad team. Vikings coming off a loss, tough loss at home. Uh, even if they sleptwalk walk through the first half, I think they can cover 9.5 points for this team. So um, it's the Vikings minus 9.5. It's v- very simple. This is a bad yep. team. They're going to be plus probably 7 to 10 points every week, and you're just going to have to pick the right weeks. Yeah, I mean that, that is what it is. I don't. I'm, I'm <laughs> there's, no I, there's, there's nothing. I mean, and look, I know, I know how it works. Like, if you're on the other side of this, or say you're taking calls this week, everything is coming in on the Vikings and on certain teams, and you're gonna have to cheer for bad teams. Like that's the way it is. But uh, the public is right, you know, roughly forty percent of the time. So this is just one you got to go with, and the, the, the bets the Vikings by a have. half.
1: Um, All right see how that one goes um, so we're talking about breaking rules uh, I, I got one for you here um, this is a week to uh, the fade one of uh, one of my favorites um, in the gambling world AR12 um, I think we're going to take uh, Cincinnati plus three so it's Green Bay at Cincinnati Cincinnati plus three um, but this is really more about a team health week pick um, I think earlier in his career I might say ar-12 would make up for for most of the injuries that green bay is facing but but not necessarily with this unit so you know, green bay was was banged up last week when they played pittsburgh um non-existent offense there <laughs> with your boy big ben um but here they're facing cincinnati which has a number three passing offense at 9.2 yards per pass uh they got a lot of weapons there even if joe mixon does sit out Uh, Green Bay is going to be down cornerback Jerry Alexander um, or likely to be down him, which is a big deal. And then a couple other uh, key players in the linebacking core. So that's a good trend for Cincinnati. Um, For Green Bay on the offensive side of the ball, the O-line is missing the left tackle and the left guard is questionable. And that's against a Cincinnati that has 11 sacks, which is tied for seventh in the league. Um, And on Cincy's side, Higgins probably returning this week, uh, passing game at full strength with Boyd and Chase. Uh, And then Cincy is also getting back a starting quarterback and cornerback and safety this week. So you put that all together, you look at the health trends there. Um, I I don't do this often. I don't know if I've ever done it on the pod. Um, Go against AR-12 and take Cincy plus the three.
0: And you've never done it because you shouldn't do it, because Green Bay is the lack of a fucking wish. Oh, boy, I guess I know where you're going. (laughs) Green Bay minus three is uh, my next pick. Um, Listen, week one, obviously, a mirage. It was a fluke. We've seen them, again, go on, blow out the lines like they should, and then against two very well-coached defensive teams, uh, this offense showed that it is back to its elite level there's really no other – it doesn't matter what you really do. They have the receiver. They have the stud running back. They have the complementary pieces and Tony at a tight end. Randall Cobb is now reunited with Rodgers. This is an offense that is just a week-to-week competitive advantage that cannot be stopped, especially by the Bengals or whoever. So even against good defensive teams, AR-12 is who he is. He's, he's, he's perfectly fine. He's back to that MVP level he was playing at last year. They're going to win. If it was maybe around like five or six, I might be with you, but three, no. the pack is going to win. They're going to cover the three and continue on um, a, a nice season here where I think they're going to be, again, I think they're going to be back in the NFC title game. competing person. Oh, I, hey, look,
1: I, I I believe that too. I, I think they'll be just fine, but this is not the week. This is not a knock on Aaron 12, by the way. I'm still fully backing Air 12. Um, but they're banged up, and they're banged up on both sides of the ball. And so, you know, I think a Bengals pass offense is gonna gonna have a field day. I think Green Bay is gonna have to run the ball or score some points, or that offensive line is not gonna not gonna have enough to do it. So, we'll see. This is a good turning point for us. That I like I like this. I'm gonna be able to make up some ground on you with this pick. So I feel really good about it.
0: The one thing I will say is I think it's very similar to the Chiefs, where last week I talked about. I don't like them covering big numbers because you're right on the Green Bay defense. The defense is going to be a problem all year. It's not a good defense. But it's that offense that just makes them, it's just, it's such a competitive advantage. And if it was a bigger number, like Kansas City was, Kansas City was favored by seven and a half. I took the Philly last week. And I said, yeah, I just don't like them. Well, listen, Kansas City ended up working because they got to 42 points, so I hope they can cover seven and a half and get to 42. But uh, the Eagles still got in the 30s, so it's one of those yeah. things where it's one of those things where it's still going to be a problem. So that's why, as it is a smaller number here with Green Bay, uh, I, I feel a little bit more comfortable because I think this offense is just going to do what they do against pretty much anybody. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. You're probably going to be wrong, but uh, yeah, doubtful. Okay. Or you want to go for your next? Yeah,
1: I'll go. I'll go for my third here. Um, all right. All right. So we're going with the uh, the all Florida matchup. Uh, Miami at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay lay in ten. So am I going to shock the pod with back to back rare occurrences here and take the Fins? No. What do you think? Absolutely not. Of course. Not. <laughs> Lead into that. There's there's no way. Look, Bucks have the fifth highest scoring offense in the league. Seventh in yards. And that includes that rain game against the Patriots, which was, was ugly, but you know, it's weather-wise. There's a little extra motion there. Uh, Miami, on the other hand, is second uh, second to last in yards and points. Uh, the average point differential between these two teams is 15. So with line at 10, you're already getting an advantage there. I, I do think TB12 and the crew are looking to kind of run it up a little bit, too, with that nice Florida weather. Like, you know, they had the bad game against the Pats, and I think the week before was the Rams where they you know they didn't look great so if they're looking at putting back together in is just just not good I mean they managed only 203 yards last week against the Colts 35 on the ground uh, they're just they struggling every aspect of the game uh, third downs last week were 3 of 11 just just not good so if you told me this line was 14 I'd probably still take it and think it was a great deal so at 10 I feel like I'm winning last thing Bucks are 5-0 and ATS in their past five games against the Dolphins
0: um that makes a lot of sense because my next pick was Tampa last 10. Um and I <laughs> I I do I don't like getting into the again, I was talking about, you know, I don't really you're gonna do some things I don't really like to do. I don't like to lay big numbers in the NFL, but um I think there is a little bit of a, a chasm right now between, you know, the bottom five or six teams and like the rest of the league. And for all the reasons you said the Dolphins right now with Jacoby Brissett are they're there, and the offensive numbers bear out. Like you said, 203 yards last week, um, 216 yards total offense a couple of weeks ago against the Bills. Like it's just, it, it's bad. And it, there's a difference between playing bad or having a bad game and like not being capable. And right now, I just don't know that they're they're capable. So, um, and I, a good point you kind of alluded to was I think that having that circus of a game behind them where it was just all the attention and all and obviously you know some some rough weather and, and just i think brady was a little bit shaky you could tell i think yeah. you're right i think you're right that they're just they okay they got out of that they escaped with the wind all right we can move on and just start hammering teams now and Miami is the perfect candidate to do that so i am going to lay the 10 points with you with tampa all right i like it um
1: yeah and the, look with brady like you know he, he is kind of a machine but even a moment like that like, or any type of athlete there's there's some extra emotion in that game when when you're back there for however many years he was I like, think I don't know the count was 20 or 19 or 18 whatever it was but there, there's there's always something more to it so uh, even for Brady I think that mattered and it affected him a little bit and um, they'll be looking to get back to business this week so hopefully we're both right on that one I, I, uh, I, I'll, I'll go, yeah go I'll ahead. go I'll go to I'll go to number four um, chicago uh, going to las vegas vegas minus four and a half um so i think justin fields has been named starter uh correct even with the even with the red rifle healthy that's true right that's correct so um time to go bears yeah, and not so much uh i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> buying i'm buying your raiders this week um, okay i see this game as a strength on strength and a weakness on weakness matchup. So what I mean by that is the strength of the Raiders is their offense, the strength of the Bears, is their defense, the weakness of the Raiders is their defense, and the weakness of the Bears is their offense. In these situations, I tend to go with a team that has the stronger offense, which is, obviously, start the car. So, you know, Fields, congrats on the first win, that's awesome, but it's not like he was great against the Lions' D, which is pathetic. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. I mean, absolutely pathetic. I, I, you know, I was kind of buying in after that. Baltimore, not buying in, but I was. They had my attention after the Baltimore game. With the D, I thought I could do something. That's they're terrible. Well, now Montgomery's out. So and Williams is still a little banged up. So now your running backs are are not there. I, I think it's going to be a tough week for for Fields again. Much like it looked like at like Cleveland. I know Raiders um, defense isn't the best, but feel like Gruden's going to put Fields in a position to. Throw the ball down the field, um, and with his, you know, combination of, of inexperience and the Raiders' solid coverage, I, I just think he's going to show he's not ready for that. And you know, Carr will be Carr, and the Raiders' offense will be the Raiders' offense. So I'm going uh, Vegas uh, minus four and a half.
0: Yeah, come good pass rushers too, and Nass has been Max uh, Crosby for the Raiders too. So uh, they don't they don't defend great, but they do have a couple of really good pass rushers. Um, yeah, I looked at that game. Um, I just. Very conflicted, you know. I like Justin Fields a lot. I like him too. Yeah, I just, uh, I was like, ah, I see these five and a half is a weird number. I just went, yeah. stay away. But um, I get it. Is it five and a half, or four and a half? Five and a half. So wrote that down a lot. Hmm. 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 I still, I, 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 that's not going to scare me away. Okay. All right. Yeah, they're they're looking to bounce back too. They had a, their first loss on, on Monday night, so yeah, probably also the Bears. I can't envision them winning the game, so I don't like taking teams plus five. I don't see them winning the game. Anyway, all right. <laughs> okay. The team that um, Tom Brady happened to beat, New England Patriots, are on the road to the Houston Texans. And it wasn't that long ago, Doctor, that Houston was 1-0. Tied at halftime with the Browns in their second game <laughs> was not that long ago, and then
1: what? <laughs> and then what happened?
0: Well, Davis Mills happened. Davis Mills, yeah, your boy. And they are now, since Davis Mills has entered the chat, they're down eighty to one and sixteen. Jeez, I knew it was now, bad. I know it was that bad. Now, now, uh, you know, granted almost half of that is courteous of the bills and their 40 dick blowout last week. So, um, that's, that's the big part of it, but still, um, it's appears that, you know, bills, obviously they didn't plan for him to play probably at all this year. They didn't even plan for Tyron Taylor to play. Right. So it's clear. This guy isn't ready to play. Um, and that's nothing against him. It's it's in a he's in a he's fine. Yeah. He's in a terrible situation. Right. Right. It's it's already a t- terrible team, whether he's there or not. So I, I just it's kind of a tough situation to be in. Um, but again, like a, going back to that theme of these bottom teams are so bad, and it's not a question of like having bad games or or playing badly. It's just like not being capable. There's there's, there's a a talent differential. So I feel like the Patriots. You know, even though you know we don't talk about moral victories, I felt like they acquitted themselves relatively nicely. Mac Jones looked like he, you know, has a, a decent future here with the Patriots, and they're, they're well coached. And you look at the number, you say, nine. Oh, "Are they? Are they? Are they?" I no, I, yeah, I okay. of course. They were, yes. Um, so I, I think you look at the number nine, you say, "Like, gosh, it seems like a huge number for you know not a really high scoring team with the Patriots, but." You know, I don't really be shocked to look up at the scoreboard um, after one o'clock and see, you know, 23 to 10 or even 20 to 10 or 17 to three, like, final score. Like, no, like, you just, you just wanted, um, this is that bad of a team. And I think the numbers is legitimate. And again, don't love, like, laying big numbers here, but I think there is a big gap between even the average teams and some of these bottom, like, three or four teams. So... It is the Patriots. Minus nine is the pick for me. Okay. All right, big number. I like it, though.
1: Um, by the way, I'm watching TNF. Um, yeah. I don't know if you're watching as well, but they just took a shot of Stafford with uh, a wrap on his finger. So oh. I don't know if that was the reason for that interception, or I don't know if this is a LeBron James um, NBA Finals moment with the wrist wrap. I, I don't know, but... Um, I, thought was, I thought it was interesting. They, they, they made sure to pay attention to it. Um,
0: anyway, okay, moving what, along. What, what a cheap shot! What a cheap shot! You
1: me was, uh, or it... LeBron <laughs> I, I know, know Stafford's way tougher than that. That was that was a cheap shot. See, I even called him Stafford right there. There you go. I didn't call him CDS. That's, that's that's how much of a cheap shot it was. I did find it funny though. They they went to it. Uh, anyway, all right. Let's go to the fifth pick. Um, no better place to end. In the desert. Uh, <laughs> We're divisional both matchup. we right, both so, Okay, well, this should be interesting. Uh, I don't know which way you're going to go here. I think you know which way I'm going to go. Uh, San Fran and Arizona, uh, zone lay lane five. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I need to double check my lines, get the last one wrong. Um, all right, hey, we all know what the desert does to teams. Uh, and uh, San Francisco is no exception. Uh, the Niners are. One five and one against the spread in their last seven meetings. Arizona. Now, I would guess that the Niners were probably a favorite in many of those. But either way, regardless, against the spread, they struggle in the desert. Um, they probably outright lost many of those games in the desert. Um, I don't think Jimmy G is playing. I don't know for sure. I don't. That's not really going to. No, do. N- not he, not playing. One hundred percent not. Okay, I wasn't sure. He was trying to practice for- tomorrow. They said um, he was asking to practice tomorrow. I should say. Okay. Uh, so I, I think he's probably, yeah, it makes it easier to take this pick against a, against a rookie quarterback too. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's easy enough. Um, you know, the Cardinals, uh, they covered their, sp- their spread in their only game this season when they were favored by five points or more. Um, furthermore, Arizona's three and one against the spread. Obviously they're four and one overall. Um. You know san francisco is giving up 25 and a half points per game which is quite a bit arizona's a league leader and scoring at 35 points per game so you throw all this in i'm, I'm feeling very comfortable with arizona minus the five side note i think uh, over in this one is a good play um the two teams combined for an average of 61.8 points per game and the over under is only 50. so we'll see how it plays out but that feels like a pretty good uh, pretty good starting point for me
0: so uh cardinals minus five all right so i think i'm Maybe getting too deep inside my head with this one. Oh boy. Oh um, boy. Because I agree with a lot of what you just said. And I looked this line and I thought, you know, Cardinals, 4 0, only undefeated team coming off a blowout win over the Rams. Uh, probably a rookie quarterback making his first start ever on the road. Uh, who, a guy who made his last start a year ago at uh San Jose Tech or whatever I don't even know where he played, whatever. Um doesn't matter. It's just like I know he has tons of talent or you know raw ability, but uh I thought, shouldn't this be like closer to seven, maybe eight points? Because Okay. I see like, you going. I like the Niners. Like I, I do I like I you know I, I really do like the Niners, but All kinds of injuries in the secondary already. Um, They're playing. No matter who their running back is, it's it's a it's a rookie. Like they they're down to their third or fourth running back. And I just go, shouldn't why why is this five? Why is it sitting at five? I feel like it should be closer to seven or eight. And it made me just. It it just makes me. It seems too easy. The, The undefeated Cardinals at home. A TCB whiz a TCB kind of week where you just have the Niners on the perfect week. The perfect week to get the Niners. Just win by a touchdown. Okay. So I just went, you know what? I'm gonna take the five points. Thanks. I'm scared. I'm scared <laughs> off it. It scared me off, probably too deep in, in my head there, but it scared me off. I'm going be a little contrarian, and I'm gonna take the five points with Sam Fran.
1: I, I can always respect a contrarian play. I don't really put San Francisco in that category as a contrarian play, um, but hey, I, I, can, I can respect that.
0: It, it, it is the desert, so either way, will be uh, <laughs> will we'll be entertaining.
1: Okay.
0: It's almost like
1: it's not sad that the Cardinals are good, but. <laughs> the desert was so so special when <laughs> they were just when they were not very good when they were you just a little better than lions and they just used to just own teams when they came out of the desert and only the good teams right they would still lose kind of right. dog shit teams that rolled out there but if a good team rolled in the desert they just got worked
0: yep um, yep always always a special spot for gambling the desert
1: yeah um all right so I think we're through our five yes we are okay do we need to talk about it or not talk about what. Do we need to talk about herb at all, or we just... oh, oh, we're good <laughs> with that.
0: Uh, so I sent a text last last night. And I, th- I said, um, "November first, is he the head coach?" Right. And I said, "I'll say yes." And uh, we're in a chat with one of our buddies, and you both said, "Not likely."
1: I didn't even think he makes it a week. To be honest, I- I'm surprised he's still he's still the coach. <laughs> it's, it's, because. Because if you don't do it now, like you can't you, you can't really bring this up after like two more losses and be justified. It, it might, at least use this as an excuse, right? Like you can't mention this when you fire him in two weeks if he loses two more games. You can't do it. Like it's, it's that important to you now that you have to make this decision. Or, you know, if you let it go two weeks and then say, okay, well, we're going to fire him. He lost two more games and he did this, no, that's not that's not how it works. That hasn't, it's gotta be now, um, or you gotta wait to the end of the season, or there's no mid-season firing. Like you, you You can't pull the trigger on this in like two weeks. Is my, is my view on it. I, okay. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's my take on it, like, that's why I said that. Because like, you can't you can't bring this in like, oh, we lost two more games and he did this. No, he did this, so you either think it's bad enough to fire him, or it's not. And I'm okay either way, I don't care. They can so, do what they want, that's to them.
0: Right. So, right. So he did this, which this, the whole incident, let's say, whatever it is. um, I don't think necessarily that specifically, I don't think is that big of a deal as as far as I think it's disproportionate how much attention it's getting. I understand it's going to get attention. Don't get me wrong. But as far as like the wins and losses, I don't think is that big of a deal because – no one expected this team to win right. a lot of games. So I don't think you could all of a sudden be like, hey, you're 0-4. Like, uh how many games were they supposed to win? I mean, what's their Vegas overrunner for the season? Probably three or three and a half or something. Like right. they weren't gonna be a good team no matter what. So I don't think you can start playing this, hey, you're 0 for card. You, you, oh, I, you, yes, that's exact that's where exactly where I'm going. That's what I'm saying this week or next week has to happen. I the, oh. the stuff so the stuff that I think is more um alarming is all the rumors and the innuendos reports about like him not like the locker room not taking him seriously like him having no credibility with players that part of it is something that is real to me that i think well that's real
1: but it's also enhanced by this incident that's my point so so that's yes that's a good point so if you believe in that the gm ownership believes in that today like now's the time to do it otherwise you because it's not getting i don't think it's gonna get lower than it is right now right like <laughs> that belief and trust is not getting lower so okay, we'll see how it plays out but uh, that was part of my response was you know around i think it's gonna happen in the next 10 days or it shouldn't happen until the end you know, of the year maybe yeah or if that's what you want to do the other year. yep that's where i was going with it
0: i i think that the other part i would Kind of, I think the other part I would have is that I think that uh, the owner I think his name is Connor I forget his full yeah. name but a- anyway I think what they're potentially trying to do is trying to figure out a way to not have to pay him the full three and that probably would take like they're trying to they're trying to have a you know an amical separation basically trying to get well, this to a point where I'll tell you the amical separation
1: <laughs> call USC and have you- <laughs> There you go. That's call for everybody. Let's go, let's go do it. Let's make it happen. Or, or
0: the it. thought is uh, LSU because uh, I think ooh, co- Coach O. Oh, is,
1: uh, they can't, they can't bail on Coach O right
0: now. Oh, it's the South, my friend. They'll do whatever the hell they want. Oh my they, gosh, that would be,
1: oh, that would be upsetting.
0: L- LSU, LSU is it. a mess. LSU is a mess. It's, it's a mess. not good. Like it's not, it's not good right
1: now. But it's not. Is it fireable? The guy did win a national championship.
0: Uh, um, hey, man, you know what? That that might as well have been ten years ago down there. They don't. Oh come on!
1: They, yes. That might as well have been ten years ago. They, right. they, go, they hey, don't. Go, hey, go in the Tennessee cycle. Go ahead. Go for it. Go in the Michigan cycle. Go <laughs> in the Michigan cycle. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll see it. Go in the Texas cycle. We'll see it.
0: Right. Oh God! Oh, but uh, yeah. so anyway, that 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 was that that's been I've heard that talked about. But um, I'm I'm saying that um, yeah, that's I guess my my whole point is I think they're behind the scenes trying to figure out like just figure out a, a you know a reasonable split between the two that's my only thought it's just yeah, that's fair. they probably yeah. they probably they probably both don't want to be there at this point and they're probably just trying to figure out how do we get out of this where we're both financially uh satisfied
1: no well, makes sense
0: yeah but it's uh, it's t- t- tough times for good
1: all right um any any uh it's a pretty good college slate i guess i don't think we need to talk about any of them unless you you have one in mind but pretty good saturday coming up too just like last one
0: yeah no i i think there's every every window has a nice nice couple games and uh yeah looking forward to saturday just as much as sunday i i love saturdays Saturdays are these fall saturdays now with the crowds back it's it's great it's great loving it any any prediction for uh the toonies oh
1: man that's a that's a tough one um I expect him to win. Uh, if you want to ask me about the spread, I'd probably go probably go Rutgers. I think this guy to have to be closer. Um, okay. Is it five or six? I believe it's five. Yeah, so give me give me Rutgers uh, plus the five. I think we State wins the game. Um, that, that's that's what I'm thinking. What about
0: the wolves at night?
1: Uh, I thought that was an interesting one. Obviously, we were texting back and forth. Um, I called myself, and then our other friend thought the line was going to be much larger. He said he said ten. I said six. It's three, which um, yeah. contrary, I'd go. I'd go Huskers right away. Um, yeah. Look, hey, let, let's be honest. Michigan wants to run the football. That's what they want to do. Um, I know they had a okay, th- I guess an okay throwing day against Wisconsin, but it was a weird game. and um, once Mertz, I know Mertz is very good, but so once he went out, things got worse. Um, <laughs> but they went on the ball, and I think Nebraska is at least showing they can stop the run a little bit. So they,
0: they did a good job on Walker for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, they did a good job in state. Uh, yeah, obviously the defense played tough against Oklahoma too. So if you're going to ask me about the, I'll take, I'll take Nebraska and the points in that one. Yeah, I, I,
0: I would too. Um, what are, what would you prefer? Um, Uh, this is kind of an interesting question would you prefer Michigan to lose Saturday night or would you prefer both of these teams on October 30th to meet undefeated
1: um well my first preference would be for Michigan to lose uh, this week and then Michigan State to, to, to beat them so yes lose and then Michigan State to win there you go. Okay. But so they play them. Get their second loss. Uh, lose every week, Michigan. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, but I, I will say, like that, the hype of the both teams being you know, undefeated going in that, which is a great possibility right now. That's exciting, right? I mean, right now I think they're nine and eleven in the polls. So a couple more wins, um, and you know, well, they both going to be top ten, right? It's going to be so. That that part is intriguing
0: and cool. So I, I guess I'm finding a way. Okay. I, I think I would that. choose. That's a big hedge. Sorry. No, I, no, I think I would choose undefeated, just because I think it would, it would just. I do like it when both teams. It matters more, right? It's, it's, it actually matters more to beat them when they're good or when they're ranked good. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's almost sweeter. It's like yes, this is great. It's like that. The last time I think both these teams met when they were actually good was the Connor Cook at U of M game. Um, I think it was Jake Rudock was the quarterback for Michigan. That was the last time both these teams were actually good, and they were playing wow. for playing for a Big Ten. Like that game was going to have a lot to decide and go. Who goes to the Big Ten title game? It was a super close game, and that was trouble with the snap. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like that, like that, that victory is so much sweeter than like beating a a, a broke down, you know, Brady Ho no, no, team no, no, or what.
1: hey, hang on. trouble with the snap was. The year yeah. after, kind of cook. No, really? no, 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 no. That, that that wasn't playoff year. Yeah, I think. No, it was. It was. Yeah. They won a bunch of games like that just to get to the playoff. Well, no, they did. No, I mean, I, I went to a number of them. Um, yeah. You, you, uh...
0: Yeah, buddy. All right, we'll have to look. We'll have to look into this one. I mean, I'll make a correction on the pod next week if it wasn't. But I that that was. Yeah, that, that was that year. That's what got I mean, that is what That's got what them. That's what got them to the playoffs? I mean, in part, yeah. I mean, yeah. That trouble is how they don't get to the playoffs. <laughs> wow, I got Yeah, man, I almost forgot about that. Wow. All right. Okay. So, yeah. So, I do we'll, we'll see. It should be interesting either way. Um, but, yeah. Fun weekend coming up. Uh, good luck to everyone out there in their college or pro endeavors. And, um, hey. Hey. Doctor, we will see you next time. Hey Bob, real quick, just to confirm, you're you're correct. According to Google, you are you are
1: correct. Fucking of course I'm fucking of course I'm correct. No, the first time. Okay, all right. <laughs> we'll see. You. All right, all right
0: later. Okay, episode 59. In the books. I want to thank all you guys for listening. Make sure to check out fakepigskin.com. Tons of content there. Uh, something for everyone. Good luck this weekend. Got through that without any motorcycles, I think. That was a, that's a win. It's already a win for this week, man. We're, we're trending in the right direction. So um, yeah, that is it. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.